always think back to like, you know, we grew up in, not us specifically, but like generations before us grew up in tribes and within each tribe, they spoke their own language. They had their own roles and their ways of doing things. And when you came across another tribe, generally it was like some kind of conflict or war, which, you know, that's what happens when differences of opinions and ways of living happen. But at the moment we're trying to get everyone to believe the same thing, think the same way, eat the same way, fucking do everything the same way. And it's not possible. we got seven plus billion people. Like, yeah. it, and once again, I, I, I 100% agree with what you said. Like, I think there's so many dickheads out there talking stuff and I'm probably one of them, but we're trying to spread a message that we believe into the right people. Mm, exactly. And as long as it's not causing harm, which I don't think, I don't believe anything that I talk about should cause harm. And, and if you listen to context of it, but it's trying to empower people to go find their own niches or tribes or um, groups of mates that support them yeah. and empower them. And it's okay to have differences with other people. It's okay to think other people are twits and dickheads and everything. Like that. That's fine. As long as you don't go out for their head or whatever. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Hey guys, and welcome to season three, episode one of Couch in the Mind, clearing the mind one couch talk at a time. On today's episode, I've got Lockie Stewart, men's performance coach and founder of the Man That Can Project, join me in conversation. How are you, brother? And I am going really well, as I was saying to you before, I've just got over a a four-day hangover from my (laughs) Bucks party, so this is the first time I've felt good this week and I'm loving it. Did you want to go into a bit of detail with with uh, what happened on that on that four day bender, mate? It was one of my it was my first four day bender in about eight, yeah, seven eight years. So it nailed me. But the people that I invited along to my bucks party, I considered good mates, and the way they treated me, honestly, <laughs> it's it's like the differ. Yeah, mate, it's questionable. Um, but looking back and having a laugh at some of the memories that we made, it was awesome fun. You know, they dressed me up in wedding dresses and shot me with paintballs and. Then made me go bungee jumping in a Borat suit, which you know, I was hoping my bloody nuts wouldn't pop out the side. So there was some fun stuff and you know, that's probably all that needs to be heard um, around that. But yeah, I'm definitely paying the price for, um, oh, I guess the, the main point. I was so the, the scariest thing for me was wearing that Borat suit. Like it pretty much shows everything. So I said to the boys, you know, is there anything that I can do to get out of this and just get back into normal clothes? Because we had a full day ahead going yeah, yeah. to like a pub crawl up the coast. So we're going to see a fair few people. And we, we came to the agreement that if I did eight shots in two hours, I could get free. Now, this was at like nine in the morning on the way to bungee jumping. I was like, right, let's go start the clock now. I banged five <laughs> back. And mind you, for everyone listening, I don't drink a lot at all. So one shot normally nails me. Yeah. I think I nailed five in about however long it took to get to the bungee jumping, say 35 minutes or whatever. And I don't really remember the jump. And I don't remember the rest of the day. I don't even know if I finished eight um, eight shots or not, but I just know I was wearing that mankini for the rest of the day. And there's some funny footage, but yeah, that was the beginning of the end for me. Look, I tell you what, in the moment, you're pro- probably hesitant and in shitting yourself. Like you said, you know, half a nut popping out of the mankini. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, looking back on it, you know, years to come, it will be such a good memory and such a good laugh to, to be spoken and talking, you know, talking about with your mates and um, family members and whatever. Mate, that's what all the boys keep saying to me. They're like, I was like, you guys are pigs. Like, supposed to treat you, mate. They're like, it, it'll be memories for life. And you're like, all right, I'll take your word for it. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
But mate, in terms of the video in episode today, um, I just wanted to start off by asking, you know, your, your, your organization, the man that can project, do you mind me asking what it is and what got you into starting up such a project? So the man that can project is a men's performance uh, coaching business. You know, we run workshops and uh, programs to help men take their life to that next level in whatever uh, area that they choose that to be. Right? And we use four simple pillars, muscle, momentum, meaning, and mateship. Cause I think for me, that just makes things simple. When we look at muscle, yep. um, it's not just getting in the gym, it's any muscle or skill set. It could be communication with your partner. It could be um, learning a language, it could be emotional intelligence, whatever it is that you feel is going to improve your quality of life. We then go to um, muscle momentum, which is what are the action steps that you need to take to start working towards that goal to get yourself in action? Because many of us set goals and never take action on it. So the momentum piece is key. And when you're in momentum, you get feedback around whether you actually want to flex that muscle or whether you don't and what feedback you actually need to work on in regards to what's next for me. Um, we then go to meaning, which is why we want to do it. What value is it going to add to me? What's the intention behind the specific tasks that I'm doing? You know, an example would be many people go to the gym to get fit and healthy, but they don't have a program or they have no idea of why they got in to do it. So yep. while you're walking home going, ah, oh, I did an hour at the gym, you might've done sweet fuck all that's going to help you achieve what you want uh, within the gym. So it's really important to start creating intention within your life because otherwise you just end up being one of those extremely busy people who aren't achieving what they want from their life, whether it's a fulfillment in relationships, the body that you want, the finances that you want, the lifestyle, whatever it is. Uh, and then finally, mateship. Mateship is the most important part. It's like you are the sum of the five people you spend the most time around, as yep. you know, everyone hears that, that saying. So if you want to be fit and healthy, are you hanging around fit and healthy people so you can understand how they think, act, and behave? If you want to be uh, in a great loving relationship, go hang around people who uh, in what you believe to be great loving relationships, you can see, see how they think, act, and behave. So you nail those four things, which is what we map out, and you're going to have a very high chance of success. And within that muscle piece, we break that down into eight areas, which you know I don't have to break it into, but um, people get the general idea. And that's what when, you know, for me, I was trying to work out how to feel more fulfillment and feel more satisfaction in my life i realized that there was more yep. than just physical health which you know i was an athlete prior i was pursuing professional sports so i thought i had to always be fit and healthy and my body was like what helped me get women and it also helped me earn money and do all that sort of stuff and when God's that was gift. done yeah 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 it's a pretty shallow way to think but that's that's the only value i believed i had so when i started breaking my life down into different areas i realized that you know, there were other skill sets that I had. There were areas that I needed to learn about in order to live a good quality of life that I'd been shying away from. So now that I have those eight areas to focus on, I can go, okay, well, which one of these eight areas that if I were to improve it over the next 12 weeks or two years or whatever it is, is going to have a significant positive impact on who I am as a man and the quality of life that I'm going to have. And uh, that's essentially what I went through my own process from about yep. 2014 to 18. And I documented the whole thing on Instagram. It was awesome. Uh, and from, as a result of that, I had blokes and, and ladies as well, actually just, you know, asking for recommendations on books, asking what I thought of this and what I thought of that. And it just led me into um, the first thing was men's circles really, because I never wanted to be a coach. I never had the, the dream to run a, a company either. I just wanted 
to be successful. I didn't really know what that looked like. And uh, I was in Europe going to get a pint and a, a palmy in Austria. And <laughs> someone asked me a random, I can't remember specifically what the question was, it was for some bit of advice. And I just thought that, you know, what was the one thing that would have helped me in 2014 when I really needed it? And it was to have, have be able to have conversations with men from all walks of life, those who were successful parents, right? And in what I believe to be successful, um, successful with their health in business, uh, great mates and had an awesome lifestyle, um, all of those sorts of things. And I wanted to be able to just sit down with them and find out all the cool shit and also all the bad stuff, the, the negative thoughts they had, the, the challenges, the setbacks, so that I could, you know, realize that I, I was capable of achieving all of that sort of stuff too. And yeah, um, yeah. that's when we started the Man That Can Project. And we started with men's groups, which is essentially just getting blokes to come down and have a yarn. Talking groups. Yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah talking groups. And uh, um, then it was, you know, we filled those up for a while. And I was like, okay, what's the next thing? Workshops. Cool. How can we help blokes start implementing that? And then it grew international. So we went to online programs. And yeah, just it's always... It's never really been what what it is. It's like, what can it be and how can we help more more men? Because interesting enough, and I'll pose this question to you. Do you find that when you do put a bunch of blokes in a circle together and they start talking about things that they might be struggling with, whether or not it might be setting goals because they're, they're afraid for failure? Whereas, you know, if you, if you can actually overlook that, failure is a key to success ultimately because then you, you know – what you can do to better yourself the next time you try to achieve a certain task. But for that particular instance, if people find relatability out of that, you know, and talking in a men's circle, men's talking group, do you find that's probably the best way for people to, to, to come to realization that what they may be struggling with, especially with blokes, because we're a little bit stubborn in, in, in putting our hands up and saying that we're struggling with something yeah. is, the, is the best way, um, the best way in approaching this sort of problem? I think if you've never had or been exposed to having conversations like that, then yeah. 100%. It's like if you've never learned to surf, right? The best way to learn to surf is to go to a surf school, right? Where the sole intention of that is to take you from not knowing what a fucking surfboard looks like to this is how you stand up on a surfboard. Yeah, exactly. Same as with if you're wanting to learn to talk about. Uh, things that maybe you don't talk about, like, as you mentioned, maybe uh, challenges that you've got going on in your life, um, frustrations, things like that. Go to a place where the intention is to have those conversations because if you're fearful of talking about it or you don't know how it goes, someone will be there to go first and then you go, oh, I'll just exactly. copy what they did. Simple. Yeah. As opposed to going to the park you know, with, with your mates in the footy and trying to have those conversations. Most of us don't know what the fuck to do next. It's probably not going to happen because it's not the, it's not yeah. the right environment. Yeah. But the beautiful thing is once you get comfortable in that environment where the sole intention is to have those conversations, to learn how to listen better, to learn how to ask questions, to learn how to articulate what you're really feeling and what you're really experiencing. Yeah. If your mates get involved with that too, which is what I highly encourage bring your mates along because it helps you improve your, your mateship, then you can start doing it at the pub. Then you can start talking about it at the skate park or the footy field. Like all my mates now, we like most of my clients are some of my best mates because we all surf together, we skate together, play golf together. So everywhere we go, we can shoot shit, you know, talk banter. But then if someone's got something they really want to talk about or get off their chest or ask for opinions on, 
we feel comfortable doing it because it's normal. Yeah. But I, I also know that, yeah, in various other situations, it's not. So I think to answer your question in a long-winded way, it is the best place for people who have never experienced it before. If I was, the reason why I started it was because I didn't have that and I didn't know what questions to ask or how to not feel like I was being judged. So to have people go before me, it's always easier. So did you, did you yourself go through a, a men's talking group and, and resultantly you, you found a positive outcome for being able to find relatability with, um, you know, first of all, having that fear of putting your hand up and being the first person to, to, to talk about your struggles? Yeah, I never went to a men's group essentially because I started doing, I guess, talking, like trying to work through my own stuff uh, back in 2013, 2014 before I was aware of any. There, I'm sure there were um, some around, but for me, I use social media as that and it was shit scary Like because I was talking about things that I was struggling with um, to people I didn't even know. I was just putting videos up or writing posts and um, I was in network marketing at the time. So um, one of my goals back then was I, I saw a guy who inspired me. He was a bricklayer, tried to take his life and now was, you know, had a successful business and he inspired the hell out of me. And one of my goals was I want to learn to speak on stage. I want to inspire other people. So I knew in order to do that, I had to clean out my closet, right? I had to talk about all the bad stuff that I'd, or I held guilt and shame around. And, you know, I didn't have a platform um, then like a, a group or a community. So when I would go to these events, I was always like, come on, let me on stage. Let me share my story. Let me share my story until I got to. And then I, the more I practiced sharing my story, the better I felt about myself because I didn't feel like I had all these skeletons in my closet. And then, you know, I became more comfortable to go, right, I'm ready to tell this story about that on social media. I don't care if people think I'm a dickhead or whatever. And the more I uh, became comfortable with it, the more I had random people from all walks of life going, fuck, I've done that or I've experienced that. And um, yeah, it just helped me feel fr- like freeze the better word. Like it was um, amazing. But if I had access to a, a men's circle or if they were more, well, I guess if I actually knew what to look about, like what you're doing with this podcast or what I'm doing with sure. myself is, help, is creating awareness. It's giving blokes more tools and opportunities to, to learn the skills that we're, we're talking about here. Um, but back then, podcasting wasn't big. All of these sorts of things weren't that big. So it was just like, I just wanted to speak on stage. So I did what I had to do, which was clear my conscience and, and give it a crack. And I think, I think the hardest thing with that is with being able to do that, comes a certain level of vulnerability and I think it's the fear of unknown if I share this story to the exterior audience through social media or whoever I'm presenting to in in, um, from a stage are they going to receive it well are they going to come up to me and ask questions or start talking shit about the way I may have acted out in a certain situation all those you know all those thoughts start to propel around your head and what you've got to realize is you've got to, first of all, do this for yourself. Um, you know, clear, like you said, clear out the closet, do it for yourself and, and mentally get you back, get yourself back into a state where you're happy with, with how you're traveling. And Definitely. then, and then from there, you, you'll find that those sort of questions will become quite minimal when you want to be thinking about it. Um, and, and it's interesting enough. I think, I think another thing as well, with, if I'm going on vulnerability and, and with regards to what you do as well and trying to help men, help men out that are struggling with themselves and trying to find their own purpose and finding their own niche, 
is I think that I think and I think you would agree with this. I think we do struggle in, in that we do um, make a lot of excuses. You know, if if someone drinks, um, you know, they'll say they drink a lot. They're not an alcoholic. You know, it's they, they word it differently, but they know, in fact, that they probably do fall in that category. Um, and, and the best way to describe it, and I found this quote online, is that the man who complains about the way the ball bounces is likely the one who dropped it. And that's by Lou Holtz. And I think it's so accurate. If we're, if we're talking in footy terms, someone's passing it to someone and it's a knock on or, to, or they grab it and they try to grab it and it uh, doesn't, doesn't you know, come up too well and they knock it on and they don't score the try. Straight away, straight away, the blame's on the other person. You know, right. I, think, I think the biggest thing with guys is we struggle to take onus with previous things we may have done or things that are currently going on within ourselves that we know in fact that we need to do something about it, but we just don't know how to take that first step. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Ownership's like, it's the most, or once you've got that level of awareness that you're, you know, there's a cause and effect principle and we can either be at the effect of the things going on in our life or the people in our life or, you know, the economy, COVID, whatever. And those things can ruin us. Like they really can, but what we don't have control over, we can't change. And that's why it's like, what can I be at cause for? Even though, you know, there's a quote that I love, which is you can be 50% of the problem, but a hundred percent of the solution. Yep. And it's, even though this situation right now sucks and it, you know, let's use lockdown. It does suck. And everyone's experience is completely different, right? They're entitled to their views and everything. Um, but for me, it's like, okay, well, it is what it is. You know, so how can I maximize stuff for me? You know, for me, it was like, I want to read more. I can learn music. I can do things that maybe I didn't have the time to do in the past. It's not, it's not always ideal. There is other things that I would like to be doing, but I may never get the opportunity to be locked down for, you know, however long we were locked down for. So everything in our life, the relationships, as you talk about our health, our finances, our, you know, everything. It's like, what can I do to improve this situation? Where am I? not taking responsibility is it you know for such a long time when i was broke i you know money ruined me till about four years ago i remember always being like do i have enough money to fuel up that was the worst feeling in the world like, <laughs> Mate, especially thing. when when full tank might be 70 80 dollars yeah. like, oh bloody hell it's dollar 40 today <laughs> i know yeah you're like i'll wait till tomorrow and you get to the point where it's like i can't wait any longer the fuel i've been on <laughs> for a while yeah. and it's because i never took responsibility for one, learning how, like watching my expenses versus income and how can I improve myself so I'm worth more than, you know, minimum wage and doing all these sorts of things. Or maybe, you know, why I started my own business because I wanted to be able to dictate what I could earn rather than being at the effect of I can only work 38 hours this week at X amount of dollars. And once again, everyone needs to take ownership for what they actually want. Some people, that's all they want and that's completely fine. But for me and what I wanted with my life, I, I wanted more. Because I, you know, just what I wanted didn't align with that way of living. So I took ownership for it. And I've been fumbling, as you go back to that grubber analogy or metaphor you're using, it's like I've been fumbling my way forward for eight years now. I'm still not where I want to be, but I'm in much better position in all areas of my life as a result of that. Uh, So once again, there's still days where I feel sorry for myself and I blame other people and blame other things. But I ultimately know that, you know, if I continue to do that, nothing's going to change. So eventually the goal is to snap out of it and take ownership for it. And do you find 
going back to what you're saying, especially in the time of COVID, how things are continually fluctuating. We don't know what's going to happen. You know, two weeks, two weeks, two weeks down the track, we might be back in lockdown and yeah, and we're, we're stuck watching Netflix again. But <laughs> we need some new episodes. Uh, yeah, no, nothing wrong with that. <laughs> um, but with regards to that, to maximize your time, do you find that having having you know, setting goals or setting a bit of a plan as to what you want to do in between that period of being locked down. Or like you said, back in the day when you were broke and you're going to the petrol station and you're struggling for money and you're, you're concerned that it might be a dollar 50 today versus a dollar 10 two yeah. weeks ago. Do you find if you actually plan out or financially plan out the way that you might be going about spending your money or setting goals in terms of times that, you know, are a lot tougher uh, to maximize the time that you have chilling at home. Do you think that actually will, that helps a lot with your headspace and, and it, it just clears the mind and, and just helps you look streamlined a lot more? Definitely. It's a lot of people, in my opinion, and from a lot of the clients that I work with in my own experience with COVID was like, the uncertainty fucked with me. Yeah. And it ruins a lot of people because you just don't know. Like it's, do I, even for me, like, do I book this workshop? Because what if I then have to close it? Do I want to go through that? Um, can I book this trip to Sydney or are we going to be in lockdown again? It's like, there's no certainty for me to just go, right. Let's get into routine. Cause we're creatures of habit. Like people love going to the same coffee shop. They love hanging out with the same people. They love reading the same kinds of books, whatever. At the moment, there's none of that. So while it's, t- and don't get me wrong. And you can probably relate to this. Um, Jaden is, a lot of people are tired, not because of what's like, just because of it's like, fuck, when is this going to end? And people are starting to get really frustrated, which I can understand. But I think this is also what tests our character as individuals. Like how long can we hold on for? Right. And I'm very tired with it, but also I also have certain expectations and standards for how I want to conduct myself and Mm. um, what I want to utilize this time. Because once again, we mightn't get something like this again and fucking touch wood. Hopefully don't. I'm talking about the lockdown side of things where the whole world stops. Pretty wild. Sure. Sure. Um, So we start thinking about, okay, well, how can I maximize this right now? For me, it was understanding that, you know, I've been very careful in the lead up, I've always wanted to have a certain amount of money in the bank if something like this happens, because you do hear of businesses shutting down, um, recessions and all that sort of stuff. So clearly there's going to be some financial struggle at some point in our lives. So do we have, um, are, we, are we planning for that? I've always been planning for that since I've started earning money. It's then also what certainty can I create in my life in such an uncertain environment? For me, it's routine in my house. Like when we're in lockdown, I still got up at the same time. I went through setting up the day the same way I always do with reading, meditation, doing my journal, all of that sort of stuff, because that gives me something to get up and I know, tick, there's something I've accomplished for the day. Then it's like, okay, well, something that I really struggle with is slowing down and switching off. So I now have X amount of time to do that because I can't leave the fucking house. So let's enjoy this process and see how much of a mind fuck it is because I really struggled with that. It's like just sitting down by- I'm the exact same, man. Yes, but it was like, cool, this is a challenge. Because if I can't slow down now, how am I expecting myself to slow down in retirement, which is what I'm working towards? Mm. Well, I'm not really working towards it, but <laughs> most people are working towards retirement, right? Oh, so yeah. Yeah. we're like, I'll just be able to fully switch off. It's like, like fuck you, Will, because you couldn't even switch off in COVID. So there's all these opportunities that present us, uh, present us 
And when we get in, uncomfortable, if you're self-aware enough, we can ask yourself, all right, what's the opportunity or what's the area of growth right here? For me right now, it's my patience. Because I, I, there's been so many moments where I've just wanted to be like, fuck this lockdown, like, as a lot of people do. Yeah. But what's it going to achieve for me? Nothing. Nothing. So just makes the just makes the situation a whole lot worse. A hundred percent. So while I've that's happened, I've just been like, right, I just go chill out, man. Like <laughs> stay off your phone, don't read all the bullshit, and go read a book or go for a skate or do do whatever you want to do with that you you said you would do when you had this kind of lifestyle. Cause there's so much that I don't know. There's so much that I want to try and understand. There's so much that I want to do with my life, but getting caught up in the politics and the bullshit that's going on in the world is not moving me forward in my opinion in the way that i see the world for some people maybe it does some people froth on it but for me it's like nah look and i I think it goes back to the idea of i think any negative situation you go through it's only as negative as you want it to be and there's so so much potential for growth um as i was saying at the start of the the interview with any situation you go through that is quite drastic and quite harsh and your own self worth and mental headspace. Like I said, there's a lot of growth and, but there's, it, it can, it can challenge you and it can change you as a person. It can ultimately shape you to, to someone who is, who is very vulnerable to that sort of situation and maybe needing of assistance or someone who can really stand up to that and, and guide people when they're struggling. And I think, I think that, that's a testament to you, Lockie, for, for being that sort of person that when you get challenged, you know for a fact that you can push yourself and you can get through those tougher times. And because you're able to attain that, you know that you can help lead people in that same direction. Yeah, definitely. And once again, I, I'm not going to sit here and say I'm the guru or the perfect person. I definitely have my, my, Gandhi. my moments. Yeah, I definitely have my moments. I just yeah choose to like put my head in a pillow and yell rather than bloody blast it out on social media or, or something like that. It's just, and once again, it is that, that perspective, like what are we missing? Because I believe life is like, we're trying to leave the next generation better than ours as you know, we're trying to improve upon our parents, et cetera. So is the way that I'm acting and thinking and behaving right now and what I'm putting out to the world going to do that? Or is it just causing more division, which is what I think at the moment is happening because people are just arcing up over something that we should be really trying to work together to, to achieve. But once again, I also understand that that's not possible because people just love feeling significant and having something like this, where you're either on this side or this side makes them feel pretty fucking significant. And it allows them to buy into something bigger than themselves, whether it's you're for it or against it, and which I understand could go for it, but fuck, they're not the people that I want to spend time around. Yeah, no, I'm the exact same, man. I think, people that are, are very set on their own sort of journey and, and growth. Um, the sort of people that I want to be hanging around with. Um, it, it's easy to, to get stuck with people who might be heavily into drinking or use it as an excuse because they don't know, they have nothing else to do with themselves. And I think it goes back to that idea of not setting goals and not really knowing exactly what you want to do with your spare time. Uh, the sort of people I, I enjoy hanging out with the sort of people that lift you up and, and put you in, you know, sh- show the best version of yourself off and, and propel that to everyone else. Couldn't agree more, bro. And it's, I remember, and I, I want to give context to this because I think there may be some people who are going, 
Yeah, cool. For me, I hate that. And when I started hanging around yeah. empowered people who set goals and lifted each other up, like I, f- I thought that was weird. I was like, right, are these guys want yeah, something you feel from a bit, me? You feel a bit outnumbered. What's, yeah. what's going on here? <laughs> this is not, or it, yeah, it wasn't normal for where I came from and my upbringing. So I was always like, what's the catch? Like they, they must want something from me because up until, you know, 24 years of age, everyone had always wanted something from me. There was always some hidden agenda. If someone was helping you, it was like, you scratch my back, I scratch yours. And then I started, you know, the first time I got to hang out with millionaires, Jay, like I was like frothing, right? I went away on a a three-day retreat with six millionaires. And I was just like, I need to pick their brain. I carried a notepad everywhere. I didn't want to get drunk because I wanted to show that I was a respectable person. But then I was, you know, they, they were giving me gifts and they were just giving me that time and conversation. I was like, what's, what's the catch? And then I found out they didn't just do that for me. They just always did it throughout their life. They would stop in the hallway and give advice to people and spend time with them and make them feel valued, make them feel heard. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? Like, <laughs> Where's, Norman, what's, what's the, uh, the monthly payment subscription? Yeah, there's something going on that I, I'm not aware of. But then I realized that some of the most successful uh, people, well, they gave the most, right? They, uh, you know, I had a belief that rich people, you know, either were just stole from people or were, you know, stingy bastards. But like, they generally give more than most people. Like, I, uh, one of the things that's interesting thing at the moment, Jay, is um, people are blowing up about uh, Elon Musk and Bezos and all that for spending billions of dollars to go to space. Everyone's like, they could have done this, you know, fed this many people or done this. I'm like, they could have, but they also worked hard for it worked hard to put himself in that position and i mm. guarantee you they give billions or you know millions and millions and millions if not billions to charity to causes that mean most of them they just don't feel the need to spruik about it it's just unfortunately with the media how unfortunately it, it, they they have a tendency of exacerbating everything negative about a certain person so yeah. with elon musk you know um him and his uh he, how he likes to smoke his weed sometimes and and they always just talk about how he's just spending money here and there and all that sort of stuff. But behind the scenes, like you said, they would be, they would most definitely be doing stuff. You yeah, just don't know about, but they do. It just happens. And this is why when we go back to, to mateship in one of our pillars, it's easy. Like people probably watch you and watch the growth that you're on. They don't see, like even people seeing you put out these podcast episodes, right? Like, oh, another podcast episode. Cool. Good on you. They don't realize all the work that goes in behind the scenes to editing it to getting guests on to learning your craft to do that and people probably never will unless they say to you hey can i hang out with you while you go through the podcast process yeah and then they go holy fuck <laughs> he's so much more than just a, a good sounding voice on a on a iphone or whatever and this is where people really need to step up and take start taking responsibility and ownership is if you want to comment on something or if you want to share an opinion really like get in the trenches with the people who are doing the work and understand how they, yeah, think, act and, act and behave because there'll be so much stuff going on that you have no idea. And if you did, you'd probably make, be making the same decision. It's real fucking easy to comment when you're sitting on your balcony and not getting involved. And that's what you see like on social media. You see a professional sports player, you know, let's just say Adam Reynolds from yeah. the NRL. He might have a couple of bad weeks, and all they talk about in this in the media is is how inconsistent inconsistent he's becoming as a player. But if you actually look at his stats over time, he's an incredible player. 
but that's all they talk about. And, and it's easy, like you said, for someone to be sitting back on their balcony, just scrolling through their feed and seeing that post and going, <laughs> oh yeah, he's shit house. Realistically, the person sitting there looking at the post probably will never be able to play professional rugby themselves, <laughs> nor no. be able to play reserves. So it's so easy to judge. And I think, like you said, actually get into the craft and see the amount of work they put into playing sport or working in a certain occupation to be able to have the skill set that they have acquired over time. Well, it's anyone who's listening to this podcast. No one does anything to suck at it. Like I, I don't think I've ever done anything in my life to suck at it, but you go, we need to understand that life. Like you think about how much the last 18 months has thrown at everyone and some people have families. Some people are failing mortgages. Some people, his health is shot to shit. Some people are lacking. Like There's so much stuff happening in so many people's lives. And we expect them to show up week in, week out and nail it. Like I can't even go through two days of work nailing it without like some external influence or internal in my head to, you know, smack me over the head and make me feel like I can't, you know, alcohol for one or things like that. So we got to have a bit of empathy to go, well, I'm not fucking perfect. And neither is anyone listening to this. So why would you expect someone, they're just getting paid to do their job, just like everyone else gets paid to do their job. But I guarantee you there's times where you should be doing your eight hours at work and you're sitting on Facebook or you're texting a mate or you're sending a, you know, a GIF in a WhatsApp group. That's not constructive to what you're supposed to be doing or what you're being paid to do. Much like when some people have a poor game they're paid to win, but sometimes you just have a fucking bad game and sometimes you have a bad season. Well, I was watching the cycling last night. Um, How good was it? It was, oh, what was his name? Uh, Dennis? Yeah. Dennis third. That was bloody good effort. I'll tell you what. It was 44 kilometers insane. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't know how they maintain <laughs> I would, that. Mate, I'll die after 10. <laughs> but there was another Australian cyclist. I can't I can't think of his name, but the one who uh, said he was retiring after the Commonwealth. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, he said he bombed out, but he was three minutes behind the the, the leader. Which yeah. for me, I'd probably be about fifty minutes behind, fifty minutes yeah. or more behind. Um, but he was just talking about it, and he was saying, yeah, just saying. They asked him, going back what you're saying. So any reason why you you had a bit of a bad run? No, nah, just 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 didn't turn up. I was just a bit inconsistent today. And like you said, that's, that's all it is. That's a part of life. Yeah. You know, you, you, you can train as hard as you want. You can, you can acquire all the skill sets you can, you know, go through your degree at university. You turn up a day, you know, turn up one day at work and you just, you're just not yourself. And in, in, inconsistencies start to be, you know, apparent. And, and that's, that's, that's what it is. It is what it is. You know, that's why the mind work is so fascinating. Like, I listen to like LeBron James for him to be as consistent as he has or like Lionel Messi, um, Cristiano Ronaldo though, or Nadal Federer, all these guys who've been at the peak of their sport for as long as they have been is not just because of physical ability. It is their mental ability to not crumble under pressure um, to be able to withstand the criticism and spot on. Like it's when you, yeah, people look at athletes and they go, fuck, they're athletically talented, which they are. But if you don't turn up on the day, then it doesn't matter how good your athletic ability is. I think we need to start looking at people. And this is where you know, we've had these people withdrawing from the Olympic Games because of mental health. That's what makes a whole person. Their mental health is a, an important part of their whole makeup as an athlete or as, a, as an individual. So if they're mentally not feeling good or they're not in the right mainframe, 
don't discredit them or anything like it's just unfortunately that that element of their performance is not where they you know would ideally like it to be no one wants to be suffering no that's unfortunately where they're at so you know you gotta it's it's no different to them tearing a hamstring or rolling an ankle or whatever it is it's like it's, it's a part of the whole genetic not genetic um whole makeup of an athlete or as an individual Oh yeah, you can you can have the skill sets. You could be buddy top ten sprinter in the world, but if you don't have that positive mindset, um, or you just you know you're struggling mentally, you, you're gonna fall down the down the, the pecking order. And it's that that is what it is. You know, like if you, it's not a one or one one in one out sort of thing. It's all in all out. If you don't have both of those attributes, um, you're just gonna crumble and that's that's just how it is you know that's like dusty hoffman uh dusty hoffman martin i always say dusty hoffman <laughs> dustin martin like works you know oh, how he dusty like, yep hurt his kidney or his liver and they're like oh he'll be fine mentally because he works so much on his oh, mindset God. like he works with the resilience project and all of these amazing amazing life coaches because he just wants to be at peak performance like he he literally journals every day it does yeah, I, did, I did say that. Yeah. Does all of these things. So when a, a, you know, a season ending injury happens, he's not going to, you know, obviously he's not going to be cheering and stoked, but he's got, he's been practicing tools and strategies to help him get through those, those tough times. And it's why all of us as individuals need to start thinking about it. if you're, you know, anyone who's listening to this is already ahead of the curve because they're investing time in, in their self to understand different perspectives and, Know, learn to ask better questions because they might pick some stuff up from this, but they might also go, cool. They mentioned meditation or journaling or exercise. And if you're not currently doing it, give it a crack, but give it a proper crack where you give it, you know, 12 weeks or whatever and write down how you feel every day after doing it or write down what's going on in your life or in your, your mind at that point in time. Because even if you're going well, right, we had a guy who goes, uh, he rocked up to a men's circle once. And uh, he's like, I don't, you know, I've never had any mental health challenges or anything like that. My life's fucking awesome. But I've just come here today to learn from you guys and listen just in case anything does happen in the future. Sure. I thought, I, I was sitting there, I was like, this dude's a this legend. Is- like, it's brilliant. It's the same with fitness. You know, a lot of people with six-week challenges and stuff, they go, all right, no alcohol, strict diet for six weeks, but I'm going to have a big bend of the night before. And soon as the uh, six weeks is done, I'm going to eat whatever I want and drink as much piss as I want. I'm like, what kind of mindset is that? Yeah, I, th- I think I think it just comes down to having that balance. You know, if you can if you can balance out your life, let's let's disregard your your bucks party. It, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, but we all have you know fun times yeah. like that. But if, but if you can if you can balance out everything you do in life. And you can stay in front of the pecking order, in front of something that may occur to you in, in the in the future, whether or not you're someone who may or may not be into fitness, try to increase your fitness to a level that if you were to sprain an ankle and you're, you're having to sit down for two or three weeks, that there are other things you can do to to keep that you know level of fitness up. Because I feel like, you know, the more est- um, was it estrogen yep. we can it, we can reduce the better we are. So I think if we can stay in, in front of the pecking order, then by God, I think it, it can't do anything bad. It can only do good. hundred percent. And yeah, I think it's important for everyone to understand this isn't going to bulletproof you. Like everyone will still have their ups and downs in life. That's part of life, but it's as 
Jay was just saying, like, you need to have these tools in place. You need to have things that make you feel good or uh, building up your resilience level a little bit more for when the shit does hit the fan, which it will. Life is designed to challenge you. And just when you, it's generally when people are investing in themselves and they may have done a program or a course or read a book or, you know, had an awesome conversation with their partner that something comes around the corner and they're like, fuck, why does this keep happening to me? And you're like, well, because it's testing you. It's telling, it's testing you how well you understood what you just learned or how badly you want the outcome you're working towards. And most people pull the plug too early, which is why most people aren't where they want to be in their life. It's not because they can't have it. It's because they quit too early. Yeah, exactly right, mate. I think just having, having a bit of a set plan, like it's, it, you know, look, it's crazy. You, you look at those um, crazy American, American shows where they make bunkers, oh. You know, doomsday. I think doomsday preppers. Crazy. Um, and you look at one, and now down the track, it's like, holy shit, she was right. She was like, <laughs> oh, in twenty twenty, blah blah blah, there'll be a, you know, be an, a virus going around. And I'm not saying to prep yourself for something like that, but just prepare for something to occur in the future. But just be wary that you have to challenge yourself, and you'll you have to be up for the challenge. Otherwise, you just crumble and and fall down and. But if in, the, in, in that instance that is to occur, just to put your hand up and, and say that you need help. Yeah, well, I think my grandfather passed away earlier this year. Oh, and, sorry to hear that, mate. Uh, it's right. He was, a, he was an old fellow, but it was, a, it was cool because I podcasted him a heap and I got to you know, seven years, eight years ago, my pa passed away and I never really got to build that relationship and learn a lot from him. But it made me start thinking about death and um, as weird as that sounds, for all of us, someone close to you is eventually going to die. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's going to hurt. Always does. And the benefit of me being aware of that and get into podcast, my granddad and ask him a whole heap of questions was it really got me to understand someone who was 94 years old, what really was important to him, even though um, he'd worked so hard running a farm and done all these things I could hear about regrets, things he wishes he did more of, which uh, wishes he did differently and it put um, a lot into context, but like a lot of it came down to um, human connection and just the desire to be better in, in all of the small things that we often overlook. Obviously, for, especially for a lot of blokes, you know, we adopt the belief that we need to be the provider. So we have to have a good financial base. And often within that, within the workplace, it's like, I need status, right? I need to be the CEO or the big dog. Um, yeah. The big dog, you know, and I, I battle with that all the time running a business and, um, it's, it's not important. Like we think it is, but it's like the moments like having conversations like this or going to the beach with your friends and your family or going to a Bucks party. It's like, that's the stuff that you're going to be 94 years old talking to your grandson, having a laugh about. And I feel like I've just gone on a massive tangent from where we were, but um, I think it's really important to start thinking about where you want to be, you know, or what you're going to be, proud about looking back around how you acted um, what you learned and what you gave back to other people because the more we do that the more we're going to enjoy the process along the way because there's struggles coming right setbacks are coming but success and amazing moments are also coming but how do you want each day to go and you know is it the people that you hang you know people who are in bitter toxic workplaces for me i'm like why the fuck do you stay there i before i started my own business and after various other things, I was Uber driving, I was doing sales, I did all these, I mean, I was a glassy, I was doing all these different things because when I wasn't happy, I was like, fuck it, I'm changing it. And I would ask myself, what didn't I like about the last job? 
and what do I think would improve it and what skill do I want to learn next? And I would just go next job. I think it's just because some people are become too comfortable in their workplace and they're afraid of change. Either that or they're just comfortable financially with, with what they're earning annually. But I think to come down to what what should be more valuable than money is is how you're feeling and, and how you're coping in, in that working environment. If they're putting you down and just you're waking up every day going, fuck me, I've got to get up for work. It's, you know, two hours before I start work. Is that really where you want to be going? You know, I think I just want to be 10 years down the track, looking back at something I've achieved or workplaces I've been working at and going, you know what? It's been such a good ride and I'm happy with where I am now. Waking up in the morning going, shit, yeah, let's go. Let's get into today. I mean, Mondays are always tough for everyone. <laughs> but just waking up and going, this is awesome. I love this. 100%. And that's like, that's all we strive. Like I'm striving for that same thing. I, I fight the battle of I need to earn more money. I need more status. I need more followers. I need more this, that, and the other. I deal with that all the time. But then when I slow down and re- think about what's actually important to me, it's like, why do I keep getting sucked into that? Well, unfortunately, I've got a mobile phone and you know, I hang around and coach successful people. So I want to, they inspire me to be better. And there's yeah. a difference between being inspired to be better and feeling like you're not good enough. And it's all perspective at the end of the day. So it's working on how can I see the differences in what I'm current, my current experience is to make me better. Yeah. Like my life's fucking amazing. I have an incredible life but I do want to be better tomorrow. I want to be a better partner. I want to be a better coach. I want to be a better podcaster. I want to be better at everything that I'm working on, but it can't happen in a day. And I think that's like a certain sense of self-realization that we all need to come accustomed to. doesn't matter how much we've already achieved or how much we're liking life at the moment. There is always still that element and, and possibility of growth. And like you're saying, you're doing an amazing job of what you're doing and the man that can project. Um, and from where you are or were to where you are now, it's honestly quite amazing. But there's still so much more growth to do. Like, you know, you might want to attain more exposure to, a, to, to your project, gain more followers, anything. Just continue to change the world and change um, the perspective of males and finding their niche and all that sort of stuff. There's always that potential for growth. Definitely. Like think about your phone. I always think of the iPhone um, metaphor. It's like they bring out a new phone every year, like a new hard hardware, but they update the software, what monthly or bi-monthly, like they're continuing. So many changes. Because if you didn't, you get bored with it. You don't, when you, you know, when you get bored with something, like remember when you first get your iPhone, right? You don't want to scratch it at all. You're like, oh, I'm going to place it down on the bench top. <laughs> Three months later, you're like, yep, throw it and just falls wherever and you don't care. Yeah, because once something you get used to something, you don't give a shit about it. And most people don't give a shit about it because they've been the same person for fucking however long they've been alive. They stop growing after school. They they avoid uncomfortable situations. They avoid fear because they it makes you uncomfortable. But it's like if you don't push through that uncomfort, you know, you're not going to realize the value that you have or the worth that you have because you're going to go, oh, there's another failed opportunity mm. hanging around the same people here in the same conversations. Fuck, I hate my relationships. And it's like, well, do something different. It's going to be scary. You're going to make wrong mistakes. Wrong mistakes. You're going to make, look what I just did. You're going to make <laughs> mistakes. 
Matt, we're all human. Who cares? <laughs> yeah. Like it's all going to happen. But yeah. every time you do take a step into the unknown, every time you do take a risk, every time you do fail, you're just updating the software of, or if you're in the gym, you're updating the hardware. It's like, you're going to continue to upgrade and you're going to take greater care about yourself because you start to go, I've put a lot of time and effort into myself. I deserve the respect to look after my physical health, look after my mental health, look after, you know, have a nice bed to sleep in, buy a nice car if you can afford it. You know, I deserve that because I put the fucking work in just like Jeff Bezos, Bezos and Elon Musk are doing right now. They deserve to fly to fucking space. They've, yeah, they've yeah. built huge companies. They've employed, yeah, people can say they're not paying them enough, but they're paying a lot of people more money than maybe they would be getting elsewhere. So they're still doing a lot of good. Yeah. Well, they didn't wake up in the morning with billions of dollars pouring out of their pockets. And they still don't, right? It's all stock money. Like if you were to cash out Amazon, if Jeff Bezos were to go, all right, pay me my 200 billion, Amazon's fucked. It's not (laughs) happening. People don't understand that either. So yeah, I think just if you invest in yourself, you deserve everything that you get. Like all of it. In terms of your project as a summary, because of the topic name of definition of man, I'm interested to, to get your perspective on that. Like, what do you, what do you define a man to be? It's funny. Cause I asked this at the end of every of my, one of my podcast episodes and now it's on me. I'm sweating. Now the definition for me is a bloke who takes ownership for, for their life. Someone who can own their emotions, own their mistakes, own where they want to get to. It's like just complete ownership for everything in your life. Yeah. That to me is man. Is man. The men, the men that can. Yeah, the men that can. Super simple. That's it, mate. And and one lasting message as well for for listeners tuning in, whether they're men or female. I see I've just done it as well. (laughs) Human too. (laughs) Uh, Whether they're male or female. One thing they can get out of this episode that can help change their perspective on life and, and maybe get them into that rhythm for if, challenging times are to are to come i would just always say what's the one thing that i can do right now that's going to improve my quality of life it could be go sit on the couch and watch the olympics if you want to switch off it could be go for that walk to de-stress it could be drink a glass of water it could be call your parents or call your mates like what is the one thing that i could do right now that i believe is going to better improve my life just that one thing and do it because if you just if you just keep it down to one thing, then it's not it's not too broadened or it's not unrealistic. It's it's would you, would you actually say as well that that one thing would have to be somewhat of a realistic goal? Definitely. Like, there's no way. <laughs> when I first started <laughs> network marketing, I was like, in 12 months, I'm going to have a million dollar business. I had never run a business before yeah, in my life. Not happen. It didn't happen. That's for fucking sure. I wish it did. So it's got to, yeah, it's got to be realistic. It can stretch you, but it's also the opportunity. And if it is something like, you know, what advice I would give to myself or someone who is saying, right, in 12 months, I want to earn a million bucks because some people have done it. I just wasn't good enough or didn't have, you know, the skill set or whatever would be what's the, the next thing that I need to learn to achieve that or what's the next step. And just the sooner you can get through those steps, the sooner you're going to get to that outcome. Yeah. It's, you know, for someone starting a podcast, like <clears throat> you and I have a great understanding of how to run a podcast, how to upload it, how to edit it, tools, software, all that sort of stuff. Some people might be going, I want to start a podcast, but I don't know where. And they just, there's so many things that they could do that they don't take any action. What's yeah. the first step I could take? Oh, maybe Google 
find a list of things to do and then just go through the checklist or maybe reach out to someone who's already running a podcast. I don't know, simplify it. Do, you know, think about less and do more. No, exactly right. I think in any situation we might be faced with or we might have this grand idea of starting your own clothing company up. It's so easy to be, to be flustered with, with all the big ifs and what's. But if we can start off by just working on one thing and then once you've actually achieved that, move on to the next step and just continue in that process, everything becomes a lot more fluffy and you can actually start to see the, the horizon again. Yeah, and this is like this is why we continue to do it with the blokes um, that we work with and go through those eight areas. It's like we all want to get better in those eight areas. But most people, we don't have the time and we're not prepared to sacrifice or unlearn habits to do everything at once. So it's just like, okay, well, which one's the most important? It might be finances. Cool. Where can we find time to improve that specific thing in your week? I've got an hour on a Saturday morning. Cool. Can you commit to that? Yeah. Awesome. Then that hour a week is the finance time. And you might do that over 12 weeks or two years or whatever. And you get to the standard that you want to be at or you get the outcome. And then it's like, awesome. I've now just raised my standards with my financial IQ or um, yeah. whatever. Now I'm looking around at my other eight area, uh, that the rest of the eight areas again for a review and my physical health sucks. Cool. Let's go learn about nutrition or training or whatever it is. And then we begin the process again and it's just, just keep going. And they, over time, they continue to improve. That's it, man. That's it. There's always, always room for improvement for whatever we do in life. You know, we if to, try not to settle for, for, for what we have because then we get stuck in that cycle of self-worth, self-understanding. What's the general purpose? So I think just continue to continue to, to, to grow in that process and, um, and you'll just become a better person for it. 100%. 100%. Thank you so much for your time, Lockie, Matt. I appreciate you having me on. That was an awesome conversation. Oh, anytime, mate. You just let us know if you ever want to do another Zoom chat and um, I'll be willing, Matt. Mate, keen as, keen as the couch conversations. The keen as mustard, Matt. Keen as mustard indeed. <laughs> but guys, this has been episode one, season three of Couch in the Mind, Clearing the Mind, One Couch Talk at a Time. And on today's episode, I had Lockie Stewart, founder of the Man That Can Project, joining me in conversation. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show, mate. Um, and as always, if you guys need anything, just reach out to me. I'll also put Lockie Stewart's social media content in the feed, in the feed below if you're wanting to, to chase out some of his information. Anyways, have a great rest of the week and I'll speak to you guys soon.